Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes the fourth and final lesson of the Guidelines for a Happy Home series. This session, entitled Victory of the Home, is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1-8. through 8. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick taught us the four things that David knew based on his life experience and four things that he observed about this time in his life. On this broadcast, Brother Rick concludes the message by reflecting where David's problems began and the things he needed to do to redeem what he'd lost by his own decision-making. And now... Here's Brother Rick. Did you find Abigail, the Carmelite? Abigail was the one that had come. She was a wife of a fool named Nabal. She had come when David was in anger, and the word of the Lord had kept him from marring his kingdom with blood. See, when you don't protect the word of God and the spirit of God in your home, your home's destined for destruction. David didn't properly protect the elements necessary for his home to have victory. And now they were gone in captivity along with his children. And David's a broken man realizing he's on the wrong side of the battle. What does he do to get out? How can he redeem what he's lost by his own decision? I believe this is where we can learn something. How many of say Amen. Number one, it begins with repentance. Now, some of these things are not spelled out, but they are understood because of the way they were handled. He calls for the ephod. In order to put on the ephod, it's a priestly garment. You had to bathe yourself. It was necessary. In fact, God was really strong about your sweat not mixing with his glory. (laughs) He's not fascinated by your works mixed with his grace. It's his grace. And the priest had to bathe so their sweat wouldn't mix with his anointing. Boy, there's a huge message in there. And I could park there a while and preach about what you think you can do. And God really ain't asking your help in. He's the redeemer. Don't forget who's redeeming. Amen. And so David begins by cleansing himself. And it's a sign of repentance. How many of you know that's where it all begins? If you're going to experience redemption, you're going to have to come back to a recognition of your failure. And repent. Repent. Metanoia means a change of mind that causes a change of direction. David's experiencing a turnaround. Everybody say a turnaround. Verse 8, he begins to inquire the Lord. What does that represent? It represents prayer that follows repentance. You want to turn around your life. You want your family redeemed from the things you've lost by foolish decision. Brother, repent. Sister, repent. And then begin to seek the face of the Redeemer. He and he alone can redeem your home. He and he alone. And this is what happened. David begins to inquire of the Lord. Now let's look at the third thing that happens. He has to wait. He that's been a warrior has to wait now for somebody else to fight the battle. Wow. <laughs> it comes to our life where we can't do it anymore. And we're going to have to wait on God. Have you, God ever made you wait longer than you wanted to wait? For 37 years, I've been trying to get him on my clock. God, this is what we need to do this week. Yeah, I really believe this is what we need to do this week. Next week. I really thought we need to do that last week. 
There's something about waiting till his timing's right. Listen to me, friend. The direction of God plus the timing of God equals the will of God. If you got the direction of God and you don't have the timing of God, you got half of what you need for deliverance. You better get the timing of God because it's possible to do the direction of God in the wrong timing and be as destructive as it was intended to be constructive. God has his own clock. Now David's washed himself, put on an ephod. He's inquiring of the Lord and he's waiting. He's a trained warrior. He knows how to fight battles. But he better not take this and all. Last time he fought on the wrong side for the wrong reason. Well, he gets an answer. Listen to this answer. Man, what a powerful word. See, David needs something that would help him through the battle because right now he ain't feeling much like a warrior. He ain't feeling much like a worshiper and he sure ain't feeling much like a winner. Everybody's wanting to stone him. And he needs something that will sustain him in the midst of the battle. He needs a fresh word from God. And God in that moment gives him this word. Thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail you will recover all. Boy, what a word. How would you like to go into battle with that word? God says, you're going to work it. It's going to happen. Now, what happens in verse 9 and 10? David, on that word, devises a plan. And his plan is to divide his army from those that are able to fight to those that are needing healing. Boy, you can't take everybody into battle because some of the ones you think will help you are too hurt to help you. They need healing. You better be able to devise a plan so that those that need healing won't get you killed. And David says, we got 600, but really we ain't got 600. Because we got a couple hundred. They ain't got enough strength to cross on over. <laughs> we better leave them over here and let them help one another. And just take those that are able to go into battle. Now, when David devises a plan, here's the next thing you need to understand. He starts looking for God to intervene. Why? Because he's tried it on his own. He's got to have another miracle. And how many of you know the biggest hindrance to the next move of God is the last move of God? Because we think God's going to do it that way again. He ain't going to do it that way now. He ain't going to guide no rock into the head of him. That's over with. What he's going to do this time is use an Egyptian trading soldier. A trader. <laughs> that's been left behind to die because he was sick. And he's going to use that trader to teach two lessons. One, that God will use a trader. Because David had been one. It was a visible witness that God would use David again. Suddenly David is reaching to meet the needs of a traitor and realizing God's reaching to meet the needs of a traitor. Isn't that amazing? God uses what David needs. David gets a chance to minister to the needs of a traitor while God is redeeming him for trading. Wow. God does it his way. David begins to fight the battle. God begins to give him the victory. But then after the battle, it goes all night, the Bible says, from twilight to the next day, he kills the enemy. And he gathers up the spoils. And David's different now. He's not looking for those to dance. And say, David has killed his tens of thousands. He's looking to minister out of his victory to those that are still needing healing. Because he himself is needing the very thing. He's handing out. He goes back to those on the other side and those that were unable to fight. And he says to them, you're going to get 
the spoils anyway. I'm going to give the same amount to those that stood by the stuff as I am for those that went into the battle. Because this ain't our victory. It ain't something we've executed. It ain't something we've made happen. God's given us this victory through an Egyptian traitor. He's given us victory even though I was a traitor myself. And now I want to minister to you in your place of hurt. Do you understand there's a payment coming out of his test? There's an ammonia that's happened out of his traitor experience. And out of that he can minister. The Lord began to show me years ago, it's out of my pain that he intends for me to bring gain to others. Not out of my victory, not out of all the great things in my life. It's the failures of my life that can really help people to know that there's hope for them even in the midst of their failing. Are you listening to me? David fought the battle. The seventh thing he did to bring recovery is he tied. <laughs> he sent an offering. To the tribe of Judah. To let them know. I'm back on your side. I hope you accept me. You shouldn't. Because I was a traitor. But here's an offering. That tells you. I've had a change of heart. Listen to me friend. Some of you have lost some things because of decisions you made that were contrary to God's will for your life. You've talked yourself out of the battle plan he had for you. Even though he told you he's going to make you king, you thought the enemy was going to make you a servant. You found yourself fighting the very thing that he was trying to give you victory over. <laughs> You're fighting with it now instead of against it. You're lost because of it. I don't know about you. But when I read the story of Peter, David, it helps me realize that it ain't over because I serve a redeemer. No matter how bad I mess up, it's not permanent because he's able to redeem and make new everything. I've destroyed by my own stupidity. In the last five minutes, I felt such a burden. I've been up since early, early, early this morning. Just rode around for an hour or two just praying this morning. Because I feel like with all my heart that there's some people here right now. You need God to redeem some things in your home. And if you'll be honest, you've been a traitor at one time or another. And this story gives you hope because not only will he redeem the Egyptian traitor, he'll redeem David. He'll make him a winner all over again. He'll make him a tither, a worshiper, a winner, a warrior all over again. He's a God of a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth. His mercy is new every morning and great is his faithfulness. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. He's weeping over your failure this morning. Will you join him in that weeping? Will you be like those that weep till there's no more tears to weep? Will you realize what... Your own actions have brought the destruction. And can you just lift your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord this morning? Lord, I want this to be my moment to turn around. Turn it around, Jesus. I repent. Wash me. Purify me, Lord. I put on the ephod. I seek your face this morning. 
Should I go, Lord? Should I go? Can I recover all? Can I get a Hinoam again? Can I reverence your spirit? Can I get Abigail back and put your word back in top priority in my life? And if I do that, Lord, and I protect what I lost so easily before, would you, Lord, give it back better than it's ever been? Can I recover all? You can if you'll repent. You can if you'll seek his face. Can we just slip our hands up across this crowd so that those that may be struggling to lift their hands can lift their hands with us? All of us need that realignment to his truth, to his spirit. Can we say, Lord, I want to recover all. Just say it with me, Lord, I want to recover all. I want all my family saved. I want your will carried out through all of their lives. Forgive me of my mistakes. I repent. I seek your face. Your hand of provision, Lord. However you want to do it, I'm open to you. I surrender. Bring my turnaround, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel his awesome presence in this place. He's a redeemer of broken dreams. He's a restorer of the breach. It's not over if you'll let him back in his proper place. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.